welcome you guys to the Rough Draft Podcast, a totally unedited resource for women to come connect, get inspired, and find guidance as they write their own life story through a series of totally random health, wealth, and girly topics. A rough draft is the outlining and editing of a story. Rough drafts include one, not worrying too much about the length, two, following your outline, three, taking breaks, and four, welcoming feedback. Let's rough draft the shit out of life, shall we? So I thought this topic would be a good change of pace for you guys, a little bit more health and fitness, uh, less motivation and life and career and all the personal development fluff that I usually go into. So I'm going to go into 10 health and fitness myths. Um, I want to preface this by saying I do have a degree in exercise science and health, but I do not have any certifications or backing. What I'm about to go over is definitely from my own experience, the research I have done, um, and it should be taken with a grain of salt. Obviously do your own research, look up, um, different things from cited sources and um, educate yourself, I think is the most important thing that you can do in your own health and fitness journey. Along the way with my diagnosis with Crohn's disease and PCOS and um, just any injuries or any um, allergies that my clients have, anything that's going on in their own health, I always do my own research and I look up cited credible resources. And I mean, the internet, it's crazy. You can find whatever you're looking for out there Just make sure that it is credible and um, you do your research well. So with that being said, I want to jump into 10 of the most common health and fitness myths that people come to me or people are, you know, sharing on social media and sometimes they like really irk me and I'm like, really, seriously, like what, why are you saying this? Um, and sometimes I'm just like, well, it's just like people are ill-informed. They are just not educated on this. So the first one that I want to start off with is like a personal experience. Before I started getting into my degree, I would go to the gym every day and I would decide once I got to the gym, what workout I was doing that day. So what am I feeling? Am I feeling like I'm going to do the squat machine? Am I feeling like I should do some cardio? How am I feeling today? And I would go into the gym and just kind of jump from machine to machine. So the question is, are you working out for results or are you working out to just maintain a healthy lifestyle? Either way, both are great, but there is a major difference. So I was working out because I wanted intended results, right? I was going to the gym because I wanted to look and feel a certain way. I wanted to be able to lift a certain amount. And yet I was walking into the gym without a plan. Each week I wasn't doing any sort of progression. I didn't have any program that was systematic that I was following. And so what I was doing was, yeah, I was like doing the ACSM's recommended 30 minute of exercise at least five times a week. So I was still healthy but I wasn't seeing the results I was looking for. And so that's where there's, that's one of the myths is like, oh, me going to the gym and uh, me working out each day, like I'm going to get the results that I want because I'm putting in the time. And along with time, there's that home life with dogs. Um, But along with time goes with 
if I spend hours at the gym, it's more beneficial than spending 30 minutes working out. And that's just not true either. I work out for 30 to 45 minutes a day, and I have gotten better results doing this from home than I ever did going to the gym for an hour to an hour and a half a day. It's not about the amount of time that you're working out. It's what you're doing within the time that you work out. Number two is the whole motivation thing. I saw a post today where um, a fitness enthusiast was just like, I'm just not motivated. Um, What gets you guys motivated? I've really lost my motivation. And to me, it's actually that she's like in a plateau. So she needs a new program. She needs something different because her muscles, her body, and probably her mindset, they're getting used to the programs that she's been doing. They're getting used to the exercises that she's been doing. And so therefore, she's not getting results like she did before. And she's turning that into, oh, I must not be motivated. But in reality, the stimulus that she's been putting on her body, the weights that she's been using isn't progressing her. It's not providing her muscles what it needs. It's not putting more stress on her muscles to get her those next level results. So when you think about I'm unmotivated, okay, are you unmotivated or have you hit a plateau in your health and fitness journey where maybe you need to mix up your program? Maybe you need to do something different, add more weights to your program, or maybe it's not your work program, maybe it's your nutrition and you need to not eat the same thing, chicken and rice um, with broccoli every day. Maybe you need to switch it up. So consider, do you feel like you're unmotivated or maybe you've just hit a plateau where your body has stopped showing signs of results and you need to switch things up? Number three, this is a really, really common one. And I don't want you guys to think like me going through these and like saying something that maybe you told me or something that you've thought um, or known to be true. I don't want you guys to feel like silly for thinking these because they are so, so common. So I had a girlfriend the other day who just joined my program. I'm so excited. You know who you are. You listen to these. Um, But she had mentioned, she was like, well, I'll wait on doing the resistance training test group, the lift, hit, rest, repeat, because it's a little bit more focused on muscle building and resistance training. And so she had said that she wants to lose fat first and then tone up and then build muscle. And in reality, the two go hand in hand. So when you're building muscle, when you're doing resistance training exercises, you're actually going to be burning off more calories and aka burning more of that fat. So it's important to have a systematic program where you're doing a combination of high-intensity workouts and resistance training workouts because when you put those two together, you're going to see even better results. So one doesn't come before the other. It's not like I'm going to lose 10 pounds and then I'm going to start toning up. The two go hand in hand. You can do both at the same time. And that is also why your scale will fluctuate. So when you're trying to lose 10 pounds and your scale keeps going up and down by one or two pounds and you're like, what the heck? This is so frustrating. It's because my Muscle weighs more than fat, ladies. So that's the really amazing thing about this brand new program is they have encompassed resistance training, high-intensity training, and rest and recover days all in one program. All right, and myth number four, lifting heavy makes you bulky. 
the women who are a bit bulkier, who are in the health and fitness industry, they want to look like that. Lifting heavy doesn't make you bulky, it makes you stronger. All right, and then myth number five, carbs are bad. This is what I hear every single day. I can't eat that, it's carbs. I am on a low carb diet, I'm trying to lose weight so I'm not eating any carbs. And my very first question for people who are telling me this, again, like there's the keto diet, there's so many things that are out there that um, you all can do your own research on and find kind of what works for you. My best friend, it works for her to do the keto diet. Um, She just feels at her highest, best, most best functioning self when she's on the keto diet and that works for her but I always ask people who say like I'm not eating any carbs I go okay well how are you feeling what is your your mindset like what's your cognitive ability like and how are your energy levels and every single time I ask that question the woman the man whoever it is they say well I just feel like I'm in a brain fog I feel very low energy all the time and guess what that's because good carbs are aiding your energy and metabolism that's your main energy source throughout the day and so when I consider where I'm placing my carbohydrates throughout my meal plan it's typically in the morning because that's going to be the energy that helps me last throughout my day so carbs like sweet potatoes and bananas and brown rice and quinoa and whole grain toast and whole wheat tortillas. I have at least two servings every single day and I, in the custom nutrition plans that I make for clients, they always have two servings. Some even have three servings of carbs um, for breakfast and then they have a serving for lunch and then if they require three servings, it's dependent upon their weight and their fitness goals, they might have one for like a snack in the afternoon as well. So again, check in with your body when you're on different um, diet plans. I always call them meal plans. I hate the word diet because society has taken the word diet and they've changed its meaning. Diet is what you habitually eat and they've changed the word diet to be like a restricting nutrition plan, something where you're you're in a huge deficit or you are restricting certain food groups. And really like a diet is the food that you eat. But when you're on any sort of diet, if you're trying like the vegan diet, if you're trying um, the keto diet, whatever you try, just make sure to tune in with your body. Notice the changes. I even go through and I will journal. Um, like that's what I did when I found out I had Crohn's disease. I journaled how I would feel after I would eat certain food groups. And that really helped me dictate what foods I should eat less of, obviously which foods I should cut out, but also like, is this diet working for me? Is this something long-term that I can maintain? Whatever meal plan, whatever diet you are on, you want it to be a lifestyle. You want it to be long-term maintainable. Otherwise, if it's a quick fix, if it's a quick diet where you're in all of this deficit to try and lose the weight, then you you might lose it. It'll probably work because you're in that caloric deficit. But what happens when you go back on a normal meal plan or you start living your life again and you start going out with your friends and just a healthy lifestyle, you'll gain some of that weight back. And so long run, it's most important to check in with your body, eat the amount of calories that you should be eating according to your weight and the exercise program that you're doing. We always want to fuel our body. We don't want to deprive our bodies. 
And that moves me into myth number six. You eat less, you'll lose weight. Um, you should be in a caloric deficit of about 500 to 750 calories to lose weight. But the problem is more often than not, people are actually eating too little rather than too much um, when they're overweight and trying to lose weight. And so there's that healthy range of about 500 calories that you should be in a deficit to start seeing a weight loss. But the issue is when you just don't eat, when you don't eat breakfast, when you're skipping lunch and just eating dinner, or if maybe you're having a shake for breakfast and then you go all day without food and you eat a little lunch uh, or a little dinner, then you're putting your body in a constant starvation state. And what happens in that state is your body thinks like, okay, fight or flight. If you were stranded in the woods and you had no food, your body would start to store all the food that it was able to eat. It'd be like, okay, I'm starving. I'm in a starvation state. I'm going to try and survive. And anything that this human puts in their mouth, I am going to just store because your because your body needs to survive. It's a survival mechanism for your body to store all that food and gear up for, okay, like if I'm not consuming enough nutrients, I need to store all of this. And essentially it's, it's keeping you from burning off any of the foods that you're consuming because it thinks that it's going to be in this state for a while and so it needs to store up and be able to feed off of it long term. So every time I explain it, it makes perfect sense in my head and then when I try and say it out loud, it's like, did that make sense? I'm not really sure. So when you eat too little, it's actually detrimental to your weight loss. Um, So definitely figure out, okay, this is my weight. This is how much my body needs. Um, This is the deficit that I need to be in to lose weight. And um, under eating is just as detrimental as overeating. Um, The next myth, number seven, is kind of goes along with that, eat less to get fit. And this is where I was in my freshman year of college. I was going to the gym, you guys, for like two hours a day, partly to get away from the sorority, partly because I was just obsessive. I had that, I don't know what they call it, it's like a new form of um, like an eating disorder that they're researching and studying and coming out with where um, you're so obsessed with burning off the foods that you eat that it's like an exercise obsession. I don't even know what it's called, but it is a thing. I would go to the gym to try and burn off that cookie that I ate, or I would go to the gym to try and earn french fries. Like, I would watch the treadmill and watch the calorie count, like how many calories you're burning. I'd watch it go up until it hit that mark where I'm like, okay, I can go have french fries now. And it it was a bad, bad habit. But I thought in my mind that the less I eat, the fitter I will look. Um, I never got to a really, really bad point where I was like skin and bones, but I was definitely tiny. I already have a small frame. And so imagine me eating less, working out, um, pushing weight, um, little cardio bunny as well. So I was doing squats. I was doing, um, lunges and all of that. I had my routine. I think at this point, I think I was doing the Kayla Science BBG. And at this point it was on paper and she didn't have, um, nutrition plans or anything to go along with it. I'm not really sure how it is now. Um, cause I do my own thing, but 
I was sore all the time. I had prolonged muscle soreness. I couldn't perform well in my workouts because my muscles were always so sore. And now being educated, I realized I wasn't eating enough protein. I wasn't eating enough in general. I would get excited when my my fitness pal would be like red, saying that I hadn't eaten enough calories that day. I'd be like, yes. Like I just wanted to look a certain way. I wanted to be fit. And in my mind, eating less got me there. And in actuality, eating more protein, consuming what your body needs to actually fuel that workout is what's going to get you the results that you're looking for. Okay, and then number eight is about weight training because I used to be a huge gym rat, um, but it took a lot of building my confidence and um, loving my body and having a good workout outfit and nice shoes and like looking good at the gym to be able to walk into the weight room. Like we all know, um, if we have like our favorite workout pants on or, you know, our makeup looks good that day, uh, we're confident enough to like, yeah, okay, I can walk into the, the men's side of the gym. Um, I can do the squat machine today, like you have to be in a certain, at least that was for me. Um, but I started getting major gym anxiety for that reason. Um, I was trained at a very young age on how to use gym equipment, how to properly do squats. And just, I knew my way around the weight room and in high school it was, um, co-ed. So I was used to working out in front of other men, but Um, I just started getting such anxiety at the gym and um, felt like people were watching me and felt like I couldn't go into that area of the gym most of the time. And so that's a common misconception that when you're trying to get fit, when you want to do weightlifting and um, weight training and get into the gym routine, like you have to push a lot of weight or you have to be at the gym. And that just isn't the case. And I realized that when I started coaching and doing these at-home programs, um, I'm going to add in another myth is that at-home programs are, you know, high intensity and you don't use a lot of weight or equipment and, um, you know, you don't get super strong or super fit. And like, that's how I perceived at-home workouts before I actually started them myself. But I am more fit now using dumbbells. So I have eight pound dumbbells, 15 pound dumbbells. And then before I left Waco, I had like 20 pound and 25 pound dumbbells. So I still need to get, um, heavier weights for my house now, but I am in better shape now using that equipment than I was using heavy weightlifting equipment at the gym. I have not used a squat press machine. I have not used a squat bar in over a year and a half. I honestly don't even remember the last time I walked into the gym. And I feel better about my level of fitness than I have ever felt in my entire life. And so you do not need a gym membership. You do not need to suffer, give yourself anxiety, or just force yourself to be in a situation that you do not feel comfortable in. When it comes to fitness, when it comes to working out and working on yourself and building your confidence and empowering yourself and trying to feel good about yourself, Like, yeah, it's important to get outside your comfort zone, but in order to 
go on that journey of developing those things, you don't want to put yourself in situations that make it harder on you to develop yourself, make it harder on you to grow in those areas. And so that's why I'm a huge advocate for at-home workouts where you feel most comfortable, like where people can't watch you or you're not worried about like, am I doing this right? Are people staring at me? Is my form okay? Like, how does my hair look? Do I look super sweaty? Like when I work out, it's like gangbusters. Like my hair is everywhere. I'm sweating. My pants are probably falling down. Um, I'm doing like the burpee tuck jumps in my living room. And I'm thinking like, if I was at the gym doing these, I would be so concerned. We do like this uh, soccer ball run now in our new program where it literally looks like you're a leprechaun, like flailing around. And I'm like laughing, thinking like, if I were doing this in public, I just would feel so insecure. And so I love at-home workouts because most of the time, the people who need to be at the gym, the people who would benefit most from the gym, don't feel comfortable actually working out at the gym. And so at-home workouts are my jam. They're the jam of my clients. Honestly, if you're a gym rat and you feel comfortable and alive at the gym, that's great. You can do these programs at the gym too. Um, I oftentimes will go to the park, but even there, the other day I was filming my workout video there and I was like, who's watching me? Like, this is awkward. There's a really cool uh, gym, outdoor gym by the beach that I want to try out, but I'm like, okay, when is the time where like nobody's there? Okay, and then the last two myths are about abs. So this was also a misconception that I thought and just something that I've learned along the way. And actually, this saying is like a huge pet peeve of mine. Abs are made in the kitchen. So not true. Yes, nutrition is important. No, you can't outwork a bad diet. Like, nutrition is a huge piece to your health and fitness journey, but abs are a muscle. You cannot grow a muscle just in the kitchen. You have to put stress on that muscle. You have to break down that muscle fiber and rebuild it. And the only way that you can do that is through exercise. Myth number 10, doing more abs gets you abs. So you really want to be doing abs every other day at max, but the thing about your core is you engage your core in all exercises. So if you're doing squats, your core should be engaged. If you're doing high intensity like um, burpees or high knees or the awkward soccer ball, leprechaun, running, jumping things that we do, my core is always engaged. So in every exercise that I'm doing every day, especially upper body, we did um, chest and tries yesterday and I engaged my core the entire time. And so each day, my core is getting a different type of core exercise, but I'm not doing just specific ab workouts every single day. And the reason being, it's another muscle group. You don't work any other muscle group every single day. That muscle group needs time to recover. So if you're working, you know, your legs every single day, you're not giving your muscles enough time to break down, rebuild, and recover for it to happen again. And so when you're doing abs, you want to do them every other day at max. You want to engage your core in all of your moves. So just start paying attention to what your core is doing while you're doing squats and lunges and upper body workouts. 
And then when you do ab exercises, when you're on the ground actually doing like core moves, add weight. And this was a huge game changer for me. This is when I really started seeing my core pop, my abs pop, was when I added heavy weight. And when I say heavy weight, I don't mean like grab a 10 pound kettlebell or a 10 pound exercise ball, like grab a 25 pound dumbbell and do Russian twists with those, like increase your weight and really give those suckers a workout. All right, so those are the 10 myths that I kind of came up with according to questions and things that I see online. So just to recap, myth number one, working out each day is going to get you results. Not true. You have to actually have a program and something systematic that you're doing each day. Myth number two, I am so unmotivated in my fitness and nutrition. Really, you might have just hit a plateau. Myth number three, you need to lose fat before you build muscle. Myth number four, lifting heavy makes you bulky. Myth number five, carbs are bad for you. Six, doing more abs gets you abs. Seven, abs are made in the kitchen. Eight, eat less, lose weight. Nine, eat less to get fit. These are myths. And then number 10, weightlifting has to happen at the gym. And I know those were not in any sort of order because I had them in order on my notes and then just like went off, off, off script there. There's the rough draft podcast for you, but I hope that was helpful. You guys just a little, uh, fitness sprinkled into what is normally a personal development podcast. Keep those questions coming. Keep your stories coming. I love getting emails from you guys with like, this is where I'm at in life. This is where I want to be. And you talk about the fire that you have. And I just, I love hearing stories. I love hearing the journey that you're going through and just like how I can be a part of that, how we can connect. Um, I got one the other day that just really, really lit me up and redefined, okay, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I work so hard. This is why I post on social media every day. This is why I'm so vulnerable and I share just like the ins and outs of my dating life and um, my family life and like what's going on internally. Like I share those things so that one person, even just one person comments on that and says, I needed to hear this today. And so if you're ever feeling that way, if anything I post ever speaks to you, like totally reach out to me because that's why I do what I do. And your feedback, your responses, your questions, that fuels my fire. So love you guys. Hope this was helpful. Um, Feel free to leave a review. Um, Hopefully they're good reviews. But like I said, do your research, look up credible sources, and just do what feels good to your body.